0: Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I am Dr. Andrew Scaff. He is Dr. Michael Worman, Esquire. Uh, We're here today to uh, talk about more NFL games over the last week. Uh, Week uh, 13 is now in the books. Uh, We'll get to our uh, picks, uh, recap our picks from last week. Uh, And we'll take a little preview of next week's, week 14 in the NFL, uh, and, and a little bit more about the Royals and their Rule 5 draft and their not-so-good uh, draft order that was selected for them in the, in the MLB lottery. Uh, but we'll start today's trying a little bit different place than we normally talk about anyway. The uh, college football playoff teams have been determined. Mike, uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama have made the CFP in that, in that order Did the committee get it right, or do you think Florida State should have made it as an undefeated Power 5 conference team, Uh, or even Georgia with a one loss, but also from the SEC, you know, just
1: outside? Do you you think the committee got the uh, selection right? In one sense, maybe, but not in the way I would have wanted it. I would have wanted to keep Alabama out and just make Alabama mad and and the SEC out uh, because, well, Texas beat the SEC champion, so – why it's already decided it's already been decided and florida state hasn't lost and by you know in a month or something like that you know they at least their original backup quarterback would probably be healthy uh their defense played well like you know um i saw a meme uh uh about um you know poor quarterback play holding back uh florida state and uh there's something about i think greg mcelroy the former alabama quarterback is now like a college analyst and he was and he that's why he said that florida state should not have been uh selected and uh he and there was something about well uh poor quarterback play didn't hold back alabama for winning uh national championship when mcelroy was the quarterback
0: mm-hmm.
1: famous <laughs> famously when like that was that it wasn't that the year that lsu played alabama and all they scored were field goals uh oh. i think it was like a rematch of lsu alabama um in the bcs championship game yeah um, but i i would have liked to have seen them stick it to alabama and georgia both and keep them both out um, i don't think georgia was as good as they were the last couple of years and i don't think alabama was as good as they've been in the past either so i wouldn't yeah. have. i wouldn't have you know of course now probably alabama is going to win the whole thing and it's going to look smart, but I hope they
0: dropped their game early in the year. It was before the conference season started and, you know, their only loss was to another team that's also in the
1: CFP. So I hope I hope Michigan rolls Alabama. That would be the best result possible. That's i that'd be ideal, I think, for for the committee too,
0: probably. But also they may have set that up purposely because maybe they want Michigan to lose
1: so yeah because of the because of the whole spy, uh defensive sign right. stealing thing of Harbaugh maybe Harbaugh's going to jump ship and go to the NFL or something go to coach the Chargers or something like that that's where um back in San Diego that's where that's where Jim Harbaugh started I think his head coaching career it was at the University of San Diego so maybe he'll go back to hmm. Oh, I guess it's Los Angeles Chargers now. They aren't San Diego Chargers anymore. But he'll go back to Southern California. Yeah, they're still the San Diego Chargers to me. It's so stupid that they moved. I nobody still think of them as the Charger, San Diego. Yeah. Nobody likes them in Los Angeles. They are even. Yeah, it's and nobody likes them in San Diego now either. So they just don't really have uh, a fan base, and they've and they've been kind of cursed since since they 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 left. Especially they've had very, very talented teams and not done very well. But um, I guess back to back to the college. Yeah. Do you think they did the right thing? Do you think Florida State should have been kept kept out? This is Texas where they should have they, should, kept have,
0: kept they should have expanded the uh, the playoff to more teams already instead of having you know waiting for like a few more years before they you know go, yeah. and, you know take a larger yeah. tournament anyway. But yeah, because I think I mean the whole point of the CFP was to try to like avoid having a uh, no loss conference champion team being left out of this, this final tournament. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of its existence was to make sure that didn't happen. And then, then they made it happen in this one. So it's it's a little weird that it did happen, but I, I mean, you kind of see how it works though, too. Like, uh, you know, Florida state well probably was the weakest of the, of those, you know, group. But you know, you'd also like to see Georgia, you know, as a defending champion be in the tournament also, which is the other like disappointing thing, at least anyway. So bit but if they would have won their at the SEC uh championship game, then would this wouldn't be you
1: know happening now either. So Well Florida State would still be out in favor probably of Texas uh and people would be upset that Texas was in it. Of course, yeah. this was never a really good plan because there, there were five major comp- – the power five, and there were only four spots, so there could be five undefeated yeah. teams and one team was going to get left out. So I think that was yeah. kind of dumb, but um, I think – especially, yeah, when they say, well, we, we, ne- we think that it's better to have more teams, but we're going to wait a few more years to in- implement it. I think that's what I don't get. Like you made the why not just, to
0: just go and implement it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why not? Well, like we need all these logistical things, or like I don't think they really do. They they schedule other football games, and you know, you know, they schedule NFL playoff games, you know, like a few days ahead of time because basically we, on the fly because you don't it, know where they're gonna be, uh, things like that. So it's yeah. it's not like it's that difficult to do. You and, Just need the the business guys and the attorneys to sit down and you know get you, everything and you finalized, can just ha- and you can have those first. Round games that um, home team sites sure wanted, or, yeah. or
0: maybe like the, the just the top, you know, four teams get home games, and everybody else plays on neutral sites, which they already have like the neutral site locations set for like yeah. for like the playoff games. The top two, you know, the, you know, the two games that are being played as the playoff games, right?
1: Yeah, so two it's...
0: more. It's just like okay, well, the the you know, the you know, like the middle two sets of teams would play on those neutral sites and then like the number one and number two teams play on their home sites and then you don't even have to have any additional sites finalized because those stadiums already exist for the home teams. So.
1: Yeah, you would have, to, I guess it would be an, if you just it to eight, you could expand it to eight intermediately.
0: Right. So you'd you say like can... Michigan and Washington would get home games and then the three and four seeds, like in this case Texas and Alabama, they would play it wherever those playoff sites that are already chosen for the CFP games. They would use those two sites, right? And yeah. be the home team, and then five, six, seven, eight, who we don't have, you know, finalized because they don't pick those, but they would, you know, face whoever their opponents were at the at those, you know, whichever of those home teams are there, right? So,
1: do, do you have a do you have a prediction? Which teams do you think are gonna get? Yeah, uh, I think I I fully expect Alabama to be
0: Michigan just because that's what's gonna be. what we you know see every year Alabama sneaks in and they end up winning. Again. Uh, but the Washington Texas I don't I don't really know which which way that one's gonna go. Maybe I I mean I'll lean Texas because they're Big Twelve, but I don't know. I'm not
1: sure. Yeah, I would like to see Michigan, Texas in the final. I don't know if Washington's really that good. They they had yeah. maybe Oregon a couple of times, but that was a they, they didn't really play a lot of teams outside of their conference. Um, so it was it's hard to say how good Washington really is. Maybe they're really good. Maybe they'll roll Texas and maybe they'll roll Michigan or Alabama. But yeah. I think um, yeah, we well, they, they were relatively large underdogs against Oregon in the
0: in the uh, Pac-12. Championship game and then it won handily though. So yeah, even though they'd already beaten Oregon once, and yeah,
1: yeah, that was strange. Yeah, I guess I thought it was a fluke the first time. Maybe it was a, maybe, maybe they thought of Washington as a little bit like uh, Colorado or something where they had a early success and wouldn't be able to sustain it. Yeah.
0: So uh, maybe maybe staying in college football, but like one other little story that popped up this week. Uh, there was a uh, relatively large number of people that have entered the uh, the the transfer portal this year. Um, would you guess as to how many people have entered the transfer portal this year in, col- in college sports?
1: In sport, college sports in general? I just... think it's for all college sports. It must be. I... It's got to be, because the number is relatively academia, large. I... So it's like, I would say maybe 500, but it's probably going to be higher than that. It's a lot, a lot higher, like time,
0: many times higher.
1: This is like every college athlete wants to go to a different school because I think it's the NIL deals that really fuel the idea that, oh, we can get more, you know, endorsement money for my name, image, and likeness at school X than they can here at school Y and And i don't know if it's really the case or not but i think it's just people chasing it and it's maybe even more important than playing time uh is uh is now it's it's just you can get you can kind of get more money from some local car dealership or local uh you know small you know business or something like that which is really what most of these deals do and they don't make a lot of like most of the players don't don't get a whole lot out of it but some of them get quite a bit but I, it seems like every Ohio State player is seems like they're transferring um, through the portal, but I don't know if something's going on in Ohio State simply because they lost to Michigan a couple of times, or is Ryan Day maybe not very well liked? Yeah. You know, so how many? So how many are are transferring?
0: The headline said nearly three thousand. Three thousand. But and and then I just I finally opened the actual article. It says and this is just the 30-day winter transfer portal, and it says that a thousand more than a thousand players officially entered the transfer portal on Monday. So or may, maybe the article, the headline was about for the full season, and this is just the winter transfer portal. Mm. But still, three thousand players. Do you do you think that is what they intended when they created? the system to transfer from schools to have that many players
1: looking to move no i don't think they could have i think i think this is i I don't think they had thought about the nil uh ramifications
0: you know what that hadn't been passed yet at the point yes i I think
1: created i think they just thought well people that are disgruntled you know maybe want more playing time or graduate transfer types people were thinking like that you know, they're going to they're going to want to transfer more easily. And um, yeah, that it'll help them because you we say, well, coaches can transfer kind of whenever they want and and switch jobs. Players should be able to do that, too. And I think it's that seems to be what it probably really really was about. But yeah, I think I think the NIL stuff is really.
0: Um, I think it's like a relatively small number of, of people that are, you know, leaving one school to go to another or to, unhappy with their school not yeah. thousands of players
1: transfer and you, don't, you don't want them to sit yeah they used to have to sit out a whole year when right. they transferred and now they can just play kind of immediately so I, I think it also has led to more recruitment from schools to get people transferred in transferred out and you know i think this is something that you know again, i don't care for Deion sanders's tactics very much so that this is, this is kind of made for his kind of you know wheeling and dealing let's let's uh you know promise a a ton to people and then under deliver and then they're gonna uh leave the next year because they're disappointed and but we can still get in rubes that think they're gonna uh really succeed and make tons of money uh then they find out they don't well they're gonna transfer again and the cycle will just repeat itself Uh, so that's that's kind of how i see it it's a very Um, cheery outlook on the unfortunately yeah i think i think it's um, I don't think it's good for I don't think it's really good for the sport, although um, you know, you could say these are you know students can transfer whenever they want. So maybe you know athletes should not
0: you don't have to sit out academically for a year.
1: Yeah. And it just kind of shows a little bit what a farce college athletics is, uh, and how you know most of these, you know, I you know, I guess in some a lot of sports they don't really use college in the way that the NFL and the NBA uh do at least in this country they, they use the, the college as a as a, a stepping stone uh to, to the pro leagues and the NBA like you know in the NFL it's the only college is the only game in town because there aren't any European or international players really uh right that are you know doing something else or playing in the minor in some sort of G League type of of situation it's all it's all college yeah. um there's XFL or the USFL if... But I I don't I that seems to that seems to all be college players that have are they aren't like straight out of high school into those leagues, I don't think. Yeah. I sure. think the, I think maybe you can in the G League or some of, in some other leagues. I think G uh, League can go right out of high school even, yeah. The NFL requires
0: like three years of college to get, you know, yeah. early. It's only one year early as opposed to you know, yeah, three, or I think you can
1: redshirt in two after that. Um, So it's three after high school.
0: Yeah, but that's three. I mean, it's three years, though, not Yeah, like you can't, like, bypass a year here or there. Yeah, at least, you know, in basketball, it's just the one and dones. Right. So,
1: yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know why that's I guess that maybe. You'd... I don't know. You had Le- LeBron James did OK. Going straight in, and Kevin Garnett did okay yeah. going straight in, and Toby Bryant did okay going straight in. So, why why are we making the? Yeah. Uh, I guess there were some people that kind of burned out, but you still have those of the one and done. Well,
0: it's, I mean, really, it's the league is trying to save the owners from spending a fortune on guys that aren't developed enough to succeed. Yeah. So, it's, it's like a protection of money. They don't care about the players, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Speaking well, yeah. of protection of money and not caring about the players, do you think that's what happened in the uh the Chiefs uh Packers game uh on on Sunday night where uh the Chiefs perhaps were uh put it, to put it mildly uh not the beneficiaries of some great officiating uh and uh they lost uh to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, twenty seven to nineteen on Sunday night in the in the cold in the uh not quite frozen tundra. Um what what did you think what did you think what'd you think of the Chiefs uh Packers? Chiefs are now down to eight and four on the season.
0: In in uh, into the three spot out out of the uh command of the the playoff race for home field advantage in the bye. Yeah if they won they would have been
1: number one seed. Still, they would have
0: retained the one instead. Now, in are three game behind two other teams with only five games to go. It's getting a little trickier, especially with Buffalo coming up next. Uh, yeah, the, the outcome was very disappointing. Uh, I think the Chiefs played pretty well as a whole. They had a couple drives stall that were, you know, unfortunate, obviously. And they had some, guess, some strange officiating early in the game, even that led to stall. Yeah, training.
1: penalties on. Offensive linemen that weren't terribly from I mean, You guys should get that a lot anyway. But still, they didn't. Yeah. They, they weren't able to finish drives early. They were only able to get field goals. They were also weren't able to slow down uh, Green Bay. They just kind of let Green Bay churn and drive through the whole. Like there was no there was no time in the half. Like it was. Yeah. They had two possessions that half, and then they were able to kneel it down. That was the first game this year where there were that few possessions in the in the first half. Uh, yeah, half. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it really pains me to say
0: it, but I kind of feel obligated to, anyways. That yeah, Lafleur and Jordan Love actually had a good game plan. I think to combat the Chiefs, you know, their game plan, right? So like they they actually played well enough to yeah protect Love enough that uh, you know he was able to complete you know relatively short passes, but keep drives moving, and it wasn't yeah, a winning game by any mean, but. But, yeah. uh, you know, they they got the job done, and that's, you know, surprising to me, even, <laughs> even now, having seen the game and what you know, especially after having watched Green Bay over the last season, or two, really, of,
1: you know, struggling. Yeah, he had mm-hmm. a couple of very, I think, fortunate completions that really changed things, like this kind of third and long, they kind of just threw up in the air, and of course his guy got it, and then he had that touchdown pass that, really probably should have been deflected or intercepted by the one of the chiefs, but I uh, didn't, but I think it also shows you maybe how poorly the, how poor the chiefs wide receivers are compared to the, to the Packers young receivers. They have yeah. Dobbs and Christian Watson, a couple and two or three, it seems like very good young receivers where the chiefs have Rasheed rice and they don't really know how to use them. And then they're, you know, Uh, We're stuck with uh, MVS and Sky Moore uh, running after the ball, sort of, and knowing maybe where to go half the time. And that interception at the end was maybe a bad throw by Mahomes, but also maybe a bad route by uh, Moore. It's hard to say. Um, I think we looked at uh, some stats, and I think Patrick Mahomes' quarterback rating when targeting Sky Moore is 50 this season 50.2 yes. or something like that and when, when he's targeting rice it's like 121 so and kelsey's over 100 it's like it's like, it's the players that you think no gray is over 100 but like you know mvs is low um and tony and, and watson, watson is pretty low watson are somewhere in the middle there yeah yeah watson's kind of in the middle i think but yeah i think tony was actually relatively high right but tony was like 80 but that was probably he's only been targeted a few times and one of those was yeah. that pick six Uh where like if you take out that first game, he's probably been pretty good. It's only been short passes, really, to Tony. But yeah, I am I am a little bit pessimistic about the Chiefs offense lately. And I hope they can um I guess the whole season I've been a little bit pessimistic. I've just had they just haven't been the same under Matt Nagy, and maybe it's because they don't they they got lucky last year without really addressing the wide receiver issue. But I think I think as much of it is scheme though, and they aren't um there aren't very many easy throws that Mahomes can make. Like, you know, you see Watts, you know, you see Jordan Love making a lot of easy throws. You see Brock Purdy, especially making a lot of easy throws and looking good. Mm-hmm. Jenna Hart gets a lot of easy throws. But Mahomes, basically every completion to Mahomes, it's, you know, hold the ball for a while and wait for Kelsey to do his magic, or it's like get the ball into a very tight window or a big, you know, something like that. So it seems like you need it. It's reliant on a superhuman Mahomes, and when he's only adequate, uh, the Chiefs aren't going to win. Yeah, or, or it's up. They are only going to win some of the time, rather than most of the time. He's only just above average, not
0: superhuman. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Speaking of that uh, game, I was that was what that was the final nail in the coffin in my terrible locks of the week. I was actually locked into that, uh, I guess that coffin, uh, uh, fulfilling that metaphor. Um, last Ooh. week, I, said, I went zero and three. You went three and zero. You're actually ahead of me now on the season. But I had Kansas City as uh, there were six and a half point favorites when i made the bet in the end it closed about six or five and a half but they lost outright so that was not a game where um my bet was good but um how do you want to talk about your you're you your probably uh in in the uh, you're sitting pretty uh today what what was your first uh win of the week uh my first
0: win, i had uh detroit minus four and a half at new orleans that game was pretty close closer than i would have liked Anyway, but uh, the Lions did hold on, thirty-three twenty-eight, giving me that half point cushion uh, on my my <laughs> four and a half point spread. Uh, so I, you know, I'll take that win. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a much closer than I thought it would be. Did you watch any of that game?
1: I I saw some of it. Yeah, it was yeah, but. You, it, did, yeah. it did um essentially end
0: on a uh fourth and six on the Detroit side of the field for New Orleans, unable to complete the drive.
1: Yeah. It, it, so you 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 pulled it out though, Dr. Scaff. Yes. I, I had right. a similar I had a similar finish to one of my games where they couldn't or, or both of my other games were where the teams should have been able to pull it out, but didn't Denver. I had Denver um they were three-and-a-half-point underdogs to Houston. They lost by five. Um, Russell Wilson led – they started out really, really poorly. It looked like Houston was going to blow out Denver in that first half, but then Denver kind of clawed their way back into it because I think Denver's a better team than Houston. But they – couldn't they, they their last drive stalled and then they threw that intercept then um, Russell Wilson threw the interception in the end zone to seal it uh they needed they were down by five so they needed a touchdown to win so if, had they just been able to kick the field goal to cover I would have won just like uh in the other game we'll, we'll talk about if they'd be able to kick a field goal to cover I would have won but they needed touchdowns uh instead trying to win they weren't trying, trying to win win your bet they, were they trying weren't to- trying to just cover the spread unfortunately they weren't playing the Sean McVeigh uh long game uh that way, so yeah, Denver. Um, we lost twenty. Was it twenty three to eighteen? I think was the final something like that. Um, yeah, and um 20, 22, 17, 22, 17 22 to seventeen. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, they lost uh by five, and they were favorite. They were three and a half point underdogs. So I missed that one by one and a half. So I was at least closer than my Chiefs Packers game, but it was. You needed multiple touchdowns to cover that. Yeah, that was this was not a not a good week for me. Uh, how about continuing your strong week? What was your second win? Uh
0: my second pick was uh Miami minus nine and a half at Washington, and that game was not very close. Miami won by 30 points. So covering by nearly three touchdowns. Uh 45-15 was the final in that game. Washington's defense is Pretty porous. Um, another big game from Tyreek Hill. Tua did enough by finding Tyreek Hill for multiple touchdowns and various- yeah, those
1: t- those passes were terrible, but Hill was able yeah. to like slow down and get them. Or whatever he like, like, like he underthrew those balls so much, but because Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill, and the Chiefs have met Marcus Valdez scantling trying to track the ball. You know, Tyreek Hill could be like the best center fielder in baseball, probably. Uh, <laughs> MVS you know wouldn't be able to you know hold down an outfield position he'd be a dh uh given his lack of uh ball tracking ability. Yeah. Uh, seems to be that seems to be kind of what the difference is between the Royals deep threat is uh somebody who can't kind of follow the ball the same thing with Justin Watson I think isn't, isn't a very good uh ball tracker either. He can but, get open but he can't always catch I the... Moore can't do that either like he's mm. he's not very good at that either so but uh Hill, that was maybe an underrated part of his game where he could catch anything. Uh it didn't have to be a great throw to him. You know, he, and, and that's he,
0: without being like a giant guy, like some like you know, like Calvin Johnson did, where he'd like catch everything that was thrown his way, but he's giant too. So I have to do is throw it like anywhere in the vicinity, he'll pull it down. Tyreek's yeah. much smaller than that.
1: Yeah, Hill might drop an easy pass and drop it into the hands of one of uh, the defensive backs, but he was able to go up and get a lot of balls that... Yeah. You wouldn't think that he could, or he could easily slow down and stop and catch a bad pass. Yeah, um, which is good because he has Tua as his quarterback, and Tua has kind of a noodle arm. So sure. he, he he's constantly kind of uh, sure. doing that. So, but yeah, when when Miami wins though, they really win big. It seems like a lot of times. So, uh, sure. so maybe I don't. I don't. Do you have Miami? That uh, I don't think they're favored by. Another double digit spread this week, thirteen and a yeah, half. Almost, almost
0: two touchdowns in.
1: Are you are you on
0: Miami uh I don't have them in my locks, but I will be picking on their side,
1: I think, on the big board. I'm not sure. I think picked probably two, but I'm not sure. You never know. I I, I, I haven't, I haven't this Tennessee
0: decision. isn't that they're plan this week.
1: Yeah. This coming week, yeah. He's, yeah. They're playing against Tennessee, thirteen and a half point favorites. And the Tennessee. other double digit the other double digit favorite is is uh San Francisco. Um did you have did you bet on the did you bet on you bet on the game, but you did not bet on the spread. That was your that was your third victory. That's uh, right. San Francisco blew out uh, uh, Philadelphia. Was it 42-19? 42 to 19, yeah. So 50, uh,
0: six. 61 points, yeah. Yeah, the over under line was at 46.5, so comfortably over. San Francisco nearly got to the 46 themselves, so that really helps if you're betting over as if one team does that much of
1: the work, right? Yeah, kind of the opposite of my last bet. I should have bet the under rather than betting on the spread. Um, it was the Atlanta Jets game 13 to 8, 21 total points in that uh, debacle. Tim Boyle is now off the team entirely. Uh, he has been unceremoniously yeah. dropped. Who did the Jets bring in as their new quarterback that, so it's gonna be Zach Wilson starting again, but who did the Jets? They, yeah. signed, they signed somebody. Oh, they brought um
0: was it Simeon?
1: Oh, they brought Brett Rippin back. Oh
0: Rippin. Rippin. The
1: other, the other guy, yes. The other guy. Yeah, also has an I-E-N in his yes. uh Rippin. Simeon has two, I believe, IENs. Yes. Simeon is is, I guess, yeah. monkey like uh and in, in his last name in Ripiet Ripon is I don't know what is that uh I don't know what and I'm not sure what re- Reptile like I'm not sure, but um Absolutely. Brett Ripon has he's, he's he's probably most famous for just being Mark Ripon's nephew, a, a yes. decent uh quarterback for the Super Bowl winning uh, then Washington Redskins uh back in the early nineties. But Brett Ripon, I think he had been he had played poorly as uh Matthew Stafford's backup and started a game and then he was on the Seattle practice squad and now is the new backup quarterback to the once in future starter Zachary Wilson in Jetsland so and there was a little controversy around that too, because it sounded like he maybe maybe didn't want to didn't really be games. like it's like, like uh, I don't really care. I don't yeah. really want to start it anymore because it's it's uh you know what, I just get yelled at and uh, yeah. and so it's really I, stra- a really strange set of
0: stories that came out of that.
1: And that yeah, it makes you wonder: is is Robert solid? Is he is his job in jeopardy? You'd have to think it's there's some risk there for him. Yeah, yeah to keeping his job
0: anyway but uh were, uh were were there any other game oh no so uh, the, i guess to recap then right we were i was 3 and 0 now 21 and 18 on the season the 0 and 3 just a game behind 20 and 19 still about 500
1: though still about 500 but i had that nice cushion and now it's all gone and now i'm looking up at you just like we am on the big board where you were a winner again and i was a slight loser uh this this week overall so um, you're you're uh, I believe on the ESPN uh, spread uh, pool. You're in the 97th percentile. So you're uh, in what should, you should be a professional gambler. You should stop whatever the silly, the scientific silliness you're doing, Doctor Scaff, and move go all in to Las Vegas I'm gambling. At least Reno and and really tear it up on the sports. Uh, books. Yeah, I can be sports betting in Kansas.
0: Like my office is in Kansas. I could be.
1: Oh, I guess you could do that too. Doing
0: that from from the app anyway i'd rather see you in a visor chopping a cigar yeah that would be more entertaining um yeah yeah i was up another 850 this week on the big board which is a 22 percent profit on the week of that. anyway which is not not too shabby not shabby at all Like you were down less than 200 bucks so So i was basically
1: i was and, and part of that was because i accidentally made the wrong bet i i I uh, picked for my one of my locks of the week. I picked, of course, the Chiefs to win, and then I accidentally picked the spread. uh, uh, I picked, I picked the Chiefs to cover in my lock of the week, but then on the big board, I actually, I accidentally picked Green Bay uh, to cover instead. I clicked the wrong box, and but I thought
0: maybe that was a little bit of not necessarily shenanigans, but maybe like you were trying to influence your, like you were so confident in your locks, but you're not confident in your big board picks. So you picked opposite the lock because you knew on the big board if you lost it that it would guarantee when you a got it
1: right on the on the lock maybe I, sh- maybe I should be thinking that way but oh. it wasn't this week I'm, I'm I'm gonna be going a little bit differently because I'm, I'm I think I'm in desperation mode uh now so I I'm 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 almost going the full Costanza uh in I'm making I'm making locks that I would never uh make maybe that maybe, maybe that's this is a mistake but uh we'll come to that uh segment shortly uh do you want to take a break here well i was gonna just gonna ask real quick though were there other games from
0: this last week before we maybe put a you know nail in the uh week 13 coffin uh were there other games that you found interesting that we have not already talked
1: about i i think well one game that was uh not interesting but uh the the final score was interesting was the uh chargers new england game that was the game i was going to talk about if you didn't the present. uh patriots now have uh surrendered 10 or fewer points in three consecutive games and have lost all three of them the first team to ever do at least the first team since the 1930s uh to do so so that's Crazy. pretty, pretty so i guess you can say belichick still has defense uh down yeah. pretty well so it's just it's just the offense that uh needs a there lot isn't of any yeah no. um
0: what I what I thought was particularly spectacular about that game, though, was the Chargers were favored by five and a half points, <laughs> and they covered the spread. Even though that was, they got two field goals, and that was it, and that they was enough six to cover the spread. They did the absolute minimum, and and uh, we both picked that game. I think believe fully correctly. I think we had we had the Chargers covering the, covering the spread and winning,
1: and the under
0: and the under, and that was like you know it wasn't really you know an interesting game at all but it was funny that we you know we we both thought it was going to be a low scoring game and we thought the Chargers would cover i don't think we would have picked the final an exact score of 6-0 though i don't know would you have picked a 6-0 score on a no line? no i was yeah, thinking
1: uh, maybe, i was well i thought maybe 13 to 6 something like that or or yeah you know, something low 20 to 13 maybe comfortably under the over
0: under number anyway yeah. but not not that low though i mean the chargers seem to be pretty ineffective offensively for a while this season but that's exceptional
1: yeah there were also a couple of interesting games um the monday night game turned out interesting because well we have trevor lawrence getting injured for uh jacksonville it doesn't seem to be as severe an injury as like joe burrows was but we also have a backup quarterback jake browning playing very well for cincinnati to carry that uh victory so you know the teams that the you know, Chiefs are going to play later in the year. Cincinnati, they thought, oh well, without Burrow, they're not going to be very good. But maybe with Browning, the you know the Chiefs' schedule might be a little tougher coming up. Uh, you know, you know, uh, than maybe they had thought. So you know, this is one of those times where it seems like the offense probably needs to, you know, um, get it in done. here. Yeah, yeah. A lot, so many injured quarterbacks. May, you know, Indianapolis is in uh, playoff contention with their injured quarterback. Uh, we have. You, you know you know minnesota the same way we have lots of the lots of teams are are playing pretty well cleveland uh playing pretty well despite
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, quarterback injuries but it seems like there have been a lot of those fortunately the chiefs mostly haven't had the Although patrick Mahomes is on the injured uh report injury report because he has a, a peck issue maybe he strained his peck uh in practice or in the game oh, but, I that yet. yeah yeah I, I think i think he's gonna play but i, I think that yeah. he was listed on the injury report
0: well, i think uh some teams are probably on edge about listing injuries because uh who was oh, it joe, was Bur- in- joe
1: burrow situation because right. he had that, he had that brace on his wrist Maybe a soft cast on his wrist and was yeah. not on the injury report and then of course he gets injured uh, right after, soon after that. So, is it was it and it
0: was that that the wrist, that wrist. yeah, that was, he was aggravating in, in the game
1: injury, or was it, you know, just a just a coincidence? But yeah, yeah. But,
0: I mean, that is a finable offense, I believe, in a league for, you know, not reporting injuries. Yeah, for trying to, uh, yeah. you
1: know uh screw over yeah. the gambling community. Right. <laughs>
0: yes. All right. Uh, before we move on to baseball, I think we're going to take a quick break. Yes. I will be in a different setting, I believe. I'll be wearing the same clothes, but I'll be in a different place
1: when we come back. Okay. Sounds good, Dr. Scaff. I will see you shortly. Yes. And we will resume this warning track power hour.
0: Welcome back to the warning track power hour. Uh, Due to the magic of editing, we are now fast forwarded a couple hours, but you will have missed, you know, all of that. You, You just get to skip right into where we left off. Uh, Mike, uh, the Royals uh, had a little bit of a mishap, I guess, for their uh, season efforts. Uh, the winter meetings, now we've had the uh, draft lottery. The Royals were at a top three percentage chance at uh, the number one pick, and it did not quite go that way. Uh, they fell from, you know, good chance at number one, two, or three, fell all the way to six worst of the other two teams that were tied with then too so uh disappointed with that outcome or was that kind of what you expected to happen
1: i I guess both i I, i'm disappointed that the royals uh always blunder when it comes to uh lottery it seems like They, they can't figure out how to uh get their one of their ping pong do they use ping pong balls in the mlb
0: I think so. Hard. but I'm, I've never actually seen the draft to like know what they do. I don't know if they actually have like it's, it's just like combinations until so like you know numbers correspond to something. I'm not sure how they do it, but uh, um, you know they they actually may have been lower if uh, Washington had actually been eligible for a pick because I think Washington's numbers came up twice ahead mm-hmm. of the Royals too. So. But they had to, they had their picks voided because uh, the new rules don't allow lottery picks too many seasons in a row. Which Washington uh-huh. had the first two years. I think they had lottery picks, so they were excluded by rule from the lottery. So and their number actually came up number one.
1: Oh, that's test. That's, that's too bad. Was for them. was
0: voided, which then gave uh, the Guardians the number one pick, and then it came up number two again also voided, and then an even lower percentage chance, Cincinnati Reds with a above 500 record this season, got the number two pick, so it seems that there is no advantage at all to being... What's the point?
1: Yeah, I I don't understand what the point of a draft is, if, uh, you know, you're not going to try to even the teams out, because there's one team that doesn't need, like, the number one draft pick, it's the Guardians, because they know how to draft people and develop people wherever they pick, and they're usually, this was a kind of a down year for them, I guess, but usually they're you know challenging or have the lead in the division and ch- in the playoffs so no. and then the yeah the Reds were over 500 this year. they already had um Ellie de La Cruz as one of their top prospects. wasn't, wasn't he the number one overall pick or one of the it was a really high
0: maybe two uh, seasons ago but
1: yeah yeah so um it seems yeah, it seems like there's a lot more volatility in the in the baseball lottery than there is in he's an international free agent with Cruz, who's an international free agent oh, okay. um, but it seems like there's a lot it seems like there's a lot more volatility in the baseball lottery than there is in the NBA lottery because it seems yeah. like for the most part the NBA draft lottery the, the the worst team usually ends up winning it's like sometimes they get down to two or three but like it's they never seem to drop much and it, and it seems rare that you know Playoff teams get the number one overall pick, for yeah. perennial playoff teams. I, at least, well, I
0: guess the spurt team. None teams is. Team. the MLB like excluded all the playoff teams from the lottery. Right? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but the gap between when a draft happens and when the draft pays off for a team is much longer in the in Major League Baseball than it is in the NBA. So it seems like even more important to make sure the bad teams actually get help, you know, since it takes longer to develop. Yeah, so I... It's really unfortunate, that's what it was. I know you and I, we looked at the numbers, I think, during the year, and we thought it was dumb to tank in baseball because the odds weren't that skewed to favor the worst teams. It's Like, it doesn't seem like there's any... Like, the real cutoff was, like, you know, somewhere around 10th worst, Like, beyond that, your odds are pretty low. But Cincinnati was below that and still managed to get in. I think they were 12th worst and got the number two pick. So it didn't really make that much of a difference.
1: It seems like something we can blame the Astros for as well because, you know, they they cheated, but then they had, like, the most sort of notorious tanking strategy for years, and they ended up becoming a a really good team because they – I uh, had like three consecutive, maybe four consecutive hundred, well over a hundred lost seasons, and yeah, they just comm- multiple and,
0: number ones.
1: Yeah, multiple Baltimore kind of did the same thing, and now they're reaping the benefits. But now, of course, when uh, the Royals are terrible, they don't get. They, even when they were the, at their worst, I guess they only got the number one draft pick that one time, and it was the Luke Shaver year, unfortunately. It was not the Bryce Harper year or the, you know, the can't miss Manny Machado or Machado David Price uh, year. Uh, So it was, you know, yeah, the Royals can't even do that well. I guess Houston was also involved in a trade with the Royals over the, uh, over over the past week. Was Dylan Cole got traded? to Houston. Uh do you think uh the Royals uh are gonna you know so they they, they think they're winning on that trade? I mean Houston it you know
0: seems okay what well, they traded down to a double A pitcher who I think is the starter but his strikeout numbers look pretty decent but uh I mean who knows he's still two years away from being a major league player you would assume so I don't know I don't know that they had much hope for Dylan Coleman because he had an eight something ERA this season. Yeah, that's not very good
1: at all. Yeah, so, I, I. I
0: mean, it I, seems I, like it's a good idea. You trade a guy that doesn't have much expectation for somebody that does, even if it's you know just a little more. Mm-hmm. So it seems like okay. Did you notice though uh, what happened this last week though with uh, the the Jackson Coar trade to Atlanta that Atlanta then packaged Coar with another failed major league prospects to and they sent they sent the two of them to uh seattle for like jake kalanick who was seattle's like number one prospect two years ago and then had a good like a not so great start to last season and then it was injured like he hurt himself like he kicked something after getting upset and then broke his foot uh but they you know they packaged the guy that we sent to them, just a week ago, for a much, you know, better price. So the question that I would have for you is, why did the Royals not know that Kellenick was available and traded Coe and some other failed prospect to C.L. or Kellenick himself instead of like piddling around with these like minor league, uh, you know, maybe has a shot at being a middle end guy versus a guy who you know you know is a major league outfielder at least anyway.
1: Well, I guess the Royals did trade Coer for Kyle Wright uh who was the yeah 20, 20 plus game winner a couple of seasons ago, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh but injured and missing an entire year.
1: Yeah. So he but so I guess there's there's um yeah, there are pluses and minuses I I suppose, yeah. but he was uh I guess they had it. I guess so it seems like uh, Kohler has been involved in some of the high profile uh trades then for um uh for uh, uh, f- uh you know the season. I was looking at Kyle Wright's stats. Did, did he win 20 games or did you just have a – no, he he. Yeah, he did win twenty games. He won twenty games in twenty twenty two. He was the first pitch It was the first Braves pitcher since Russ Ortiz in two thousand three. So, oh wow, the season began right. Only two career wins uh, before that. So, um, I guess the Royals were were dazzled by 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 Wright's high win total, and so maybe so maybe the Royals did. Uh, we'll we'll see what. Um, uh, Kalanick versus Wright turns out to be in a couple of years and see and see if we win that trade or probably Seattle when Jackson Keller becomes a perennial All-Star pitcher and and uh,
0: so the, uh so the Royals could lose
1: like twice in the one deal strikes and and he and he uh you know he eliminates the Royal playoff contention or something like that by pitching a you know two-hit <laughs> shot or something against <laughs> the Royals.
0: Yeah, and then but, Seattle ends up going to their first World Series or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. That's that's what's that's what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. Um or but, yeah. It's Seattle against Atlanta next year's World Series.
1: Yeah, but least, I guess at least the Royals are doing stuff. They got a real five player from the Yankees, um, who seems yeah. like he might be okay pitcher. So it's it's. Oh
0: no! Wait, the the guy the Royals traded, um, what they got from. In the trade what for uh Coleman was a was it like a 19-year-old kid from the Dominican. The double A pitcher was the uh, rule five pick. Okay. Yes, that's it. That, yeah, he's the
1: rule five guy from the Yankees. Yeah. Sour.
0: Yeah. And,
1: yeah. Yes, Matt Sour. He was um oh, so I, I guess
0: those two guys. Yeah, that's right. So
1: for rule five picks they do just keep the order of last year's draft so so they just so the royals are the second pick because they were the second worst with the second chance to, i guess they have the second chance to pick i guess you don't have to pick somebody for the rule 5
0: yeah i think most of the
1: teams did not make a selection but if you're really bad usually you probably you probably think maybe you should
0: yeah i think most of the top like 10 teams made a rule 5 selection I think actually part of the Coleman trade was to free up the roster spot because the Rule Five pick has to get a forty-man uh-huh. roster spot.
1: Yeah, it has to be a twenty-five. it has to be on the active twenty-five. Yeah, uh, but
0: they have to have that. a forty-man roster spot
1: available like yeah.
0: upon upon the draft, I believe. So the yeah, Coleman trade sense. had to be had to happen to get the roster spot open without you know just dumping somebody. Nice. Anyway. Well, that's pretty much the Royals news, I guess. For at week.
1: least they're sort of doing something. like they are doing yeah. something on the home front with the new stadium, but uh that's you neither know, here nor there. But it seems like at least the stove is beginning to be a little at least lukewarm in the it's in the On
0: simmer, maybe.
1: On simmer, yeah. Um the NFL season is at a full boil though, wouldn't you say, uh, Dr. Scaff? I would say so want to talk about week 14 action before we uh wrap up uh here this week. Uh the Chiefs probably uh you know one of I guess you would say probably one of the biggest games of the season give, especially given the fact that they lost last week to uh the, the Green Bay Packers also because they're playing one of their big rivals especially uh one of their historic AFC you know more recent his, recently historic AFC rivals in the playoffs uh, and that's uh, the Buffalo Bills led by Josh Allen. The Chiefs are eight and four. The Bills are six and six coming off a bye. This is I think I think the last several games in a row that the Chiefs play, that, that yeah. they're playing against, has more rest than the Chiefs. Yeah. So, so like you know, Green Bay was coming off a like a mini bye, uh and the Chiefs played that Sunday night, or the Chiefs played on um, you know. You know, Monday did, night the
0: previous week.
1: Monday night the previous week. Yeah.
0: Against so the, against a uh uh a Philly team that had also come off a bye.
1: Yeah, so the Chiefs didn't have the advantage coming off a bye. So they came yeah. off a bye. And then the Chiefs no, actually I they, they had the week in between. Um when uh Oh they had the Raiders game. Yeah. The Chiefs played, the Chiefs played the Raiders in between. But the yeah. Raiders yeah, that's I think that was the last game though that the Raiders or the Chiefs would not have. Well, I guess the Raiders had an extra day, Uh so um and that because the Raiders played Sunday and the Chiefs played on on Monday. So uh, this is the third, at least the, at least the third consecutive game where um teams are either coming off a bye or have had more rest than. I guess it's the fourth consecutive game. The fourth consecutive game coming off the bye or more rest uh, than the Chiefs. So that's troublesome although a win i think the chiefs would basically knock the bills almost out of playoff contention they'd probably have to win out i think uh, they'd have to be i think 10 and 7 is going to be the lowest unless you can win unless you win a division uh with a nine and eight but as that doesn't look likely maybe in the afc south if jacksonville kind of tanks that that the winner of that division could end up being nine and eight but um yeah, it's gonna be probably ten and seven to get a wild card spot in in the playoffs. So so one more like two more losses would doom uh the Bills. Similarly that's what's happening with the with the uh, Bengals. You know, they were uh you know, they're six and six too, and and you know, with Browning playing so well last week against Jacksonville, you know, the Chiefs' upcoming Bengals matchup uh in a couple of weeks, that looks a lot tougher maybe than it did. Uh, a few weeks ago, too. So the Chiefs really, I think, need this game uh, pretty uh, pretty badly. So do you, think they, do you think they can pull it up? The Bills have beaten uh, the Chiefs, I think, three consecutive times in the regular season Yeah. at, uh, at Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, because they like almost always play them in Arrowhead, too. Isn't it? I mean,
1: at least, yeah. They, they've they played Arrowhead the last no. three or four times, yeah. and the Bills have won each of the uh, regular season matchups. Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem like Buffalo is quite as formidable this season as they have been in the past. But you know that they have this game circled and it means a lot to them because they're on the verge of being knocked out of the playoffs. So it's going to it's not going to be easy. I think that they'll win. I think they're favored in the game by a little bit, but uh, I don't know. It's a season's been so weird for the Chiefs that, you know, they seem like they're right on the edge of, of, uh, you know, riding the ship. And it seems like they've done it a few times, but then they kind of come out flat again in the next game. So uh, it's been, you know, not yeah, super smooth, I would guess. I, mean, I guess you could say. Uh, and I think oh. there's there, there's a few more injuries that they're dealing with. Uh, Tranquil, I think, is maybe likely to be out. A but perhaps
1: uh, Bolton will be back, though.
0: But Nick Bolton, I think, is practicing again hopeful to be back on the field.
1: Yeah, Pacheco is out but perhaps McKinnon will be back. So like so Pacheco has been he hasn't practiced this week yet. I don't think um Evans has been banged up a little bit like we mentioned earlier. So it's it's that time of year where where, where most teams have injuries. Uh the the Bills have been banged up um a lot so uh, secondary especially the defense Matt Milano is out. So he was their best linebacker and some of their secondaries kind of dinged up so this could maybe be a good game for the offense uh but it's also well the bills offense might be better too because they've had another couple of weeks now to work with their new offensive coordinator joe brady after uh Dorsey has been out so maybe they're going to be humming uh a little better but i think either i've i have either i'm not sure if i've cursed the chiefs or i have um, guaranteed them a victory because I decided to make the Chiefs one of my locks of uh, the week. This week, I picked them. They're, the Chiefs are favored by one and a half points at home, which means actually means they think the Bills are a better team right now on a neutral, fi- on a neutral field uh, than the Chiefs. And so, I don't really believe that's the case, but I think people are a lot of people are very down on Chiefs simply because they had the game last week. And I yeah. think looking at last week's game is not always a good uh measure of the next week. I think Mahomes rarely loses two in a row. So I think um I like the Chiefs minus one and a half as my first lock of the week.
0: I think my my first lock of the week uh is the Rams Buffalo Rams uh Baltimore game uh on Sunday at noon uh The Rams have been playing a lot better recently, scoring some points the last few weeks, uh, much improved over their previous several weeks' play, Uh, and Baltimore is coming off by, I kind of expect this to be a little bit of a higher scoring game, so I think I'm taking the over in this one. It's a pretty low number, only 40 and a half.
1: 40 and a half, yeah. Stafford's been healthier, so I think the Rams can Mm -hmm. score some points. Aaron uh, Williams back too, which yeah, Williams is back. Uh, they, you know they marked the team offensively. Yeah, Nakua and Cup and Atwell. They have a lot of good receivers on uh the Rams, and I think the offense for Baltimore has been humming quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. I, even I guess Mark Andrews is out. That's the biggest yeah uh problem that the uh, that um uh the, the the Ravens have. But but Jackson has been healthy, so you can think at least 40 points is only you know all that's to be is 21 20 uh and it'll be over so I twenty four 17 would be over you know scores like that so I think that's a I think that's a decent bet um
0: over. I'd be a little surprised if somebody doesn't end up one of the teams doesn't end up around 30 though that's what I would expect to see and then it's just the other team just has to be not terrible
1: yeah the Baltimore's favored by seven and a half which seems a little high to me but maybe but maybe not
0: um, I mean the Rams just put up 36 points against Browns so who we were supposed to have a good defense
1: yeah but Baltimore when they win they really win usually so it's 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 a yeah. uh, they have they yeah it's, they're also a little bit of a Jekyll and High team though too they, they lose to the Steelers they lose to you know the Colts right. you know, although the Steelers and the Colts have turned out to be decent teams but yeah. they are in the same league as some of the other teams
0: But that unknown part of it is why I didn't want to pick this, um, the spread as one of my locks this week. But the over is what I think the over is a good one.
1: I I actually went with an over as well as one of my locks of the week. And this over number is much higher than 40 and a half. That is actually, it's actually an over 51 and a half, uh, which is one of the highest over unders we've seen for a while. It reminds me a little bit of that um Chiefs Rams game from a few years ago. I think that over-under was like 54 and a half. And I think the Chiefs well, the Rams scored 54 and the Chiefs scored 51 that game. So it, it was a really high over-under um in that game. Uh this game is the Philadelphia Dallas game. Uh at Dallas, Dallas tends to score a lot at home. Philadelphia has a strong offense. Um even if it ends up being a blowout, you know, like last week with um the 49ers and Eagles that was forty-two to nineteen, so that was sixty-one. So that would have been comfortably over. So you know, I think a, but if a,
0: they can sometimes give up a
1: lot of points. So though. yeah, like, Dallas yeah, yeah. and, and Philly and can
0: cold. sometimes give up a lot of points, and yeah. Dallas can also give up a lot of points. So yeah.
1: yeah, I think it'll be a shootout. I think it could be 34 thirty-four twenty-seven wouldn't be an unlikely score. So that would be over even 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 thirty-four twenty would would be would be over. So I, I like I like over fifty-one and a half there.
0: I think just two two weeks ago I think uh what the Philly Buffalo game was like 37 34 37 34
1: yeah 71
0: well well over the uh yeah one and a half but I mean yeah they've been playing games in those numbers recently again yeah. similarly talented teams, so in,
1: in Dallas, that was forty-one thirty-six over the over the Seahawks last game uh, on Thanksgiving. So
0: again, against, like, against yeah Seattle, who has not been
1: uh, the game after the game after uh, Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, but they you know they haven't been that great of a uh, an offense even, and, and no. even they managed to score a lot of points. So that's uh, yeah. you know a good sign for this being a shootout. I, I fully agree with you there. And a lot of the NFL games have been not just high scoring, but like really high scoring, like you know, in into the 70s, 60s, and 70s. So 51 points isn't sounds like a big number, but it's maybe not actually that big of a number for for an over under, especially as low as we've seen some of the numbers go, and then scoring less than that too, like the what Chargers. New England six nothing game. Six nothing
1: game. As as we're recording this right now, the Patriots Steelers uh are twenty one. It's twenty one twenty one Newland twenty one Steelers eighteen. So it's that, that game actually went over in the first half. There hasn't been very much second half scoring, but it's a thirty nine, and the over under was thirty and a half. So uh, I
0: I have an insider that says that you were actually considering that as one of your locks, but because of this uh, this um this evening's Iowa State Iowa basketball game. Maybe saved you from yourself and making that one of your locks. That- yeah,
1: it, it didn't save me from uh, from it on the big board when I put the under, but it did save me from making saving from making making one of my locks. So I could not I could not prognosticate that uh, before the game started. So uh, I had to take it off the board. Fortunately for me, I don't make rules, but that's just how that's just how it happens. So luckily, yeah. um, I was I was saved for myself there. But I believe you probably I think you thought it was going to be a a low scoring. I, on the well, big board. there, Those teams under. are good at defense. Uh looks like now it's uh coming down to the wire and the, and the and the Steelers have it uh with a little over two minutes left on their own 41. So uh we will we will um uh when we when we wrap this up, we might we might catch the end of the uh the game. But so that's that was my second lock of the week. What is your second lock of the week, Dr. Scott?
0: My second pick this week is uh Detroit and Chicago. Uh, are playing. Let's see, is that also a noon game? Yes, that is. Oh, wait, that's the wrong week. Detroit, Chicago, yes, is a noon game. Uh, I've got uh, Detroit on the road minus three favorite. Uh, I'm taking, uh, yeah, I'm taking uh, Detroit minus three in this game. Uh, I don't expect Chicago to do much. To, Detroit's still like, uh, you know, on the upper tier of the NFC. They're gonna want to be making sure they try to like lock up their playoff spots. Uh, I don't see Chicago opening up. He yeah, they, close.
1: They they have a lot of competition now with uh, Green Bay and uh, maybe even Minnesota uh, heating up a little bit as potential playoff teams. So they need to, they need to keep uh pace in the um uh NFC in the NFC North and especially uh, and this is a division game. So they certainly want to beat um uh the Bears and the Bears haven't been haven't really shown a lot of signs of being really strong. Although they've won a few games here and there, but they are they've been better better now maybe than they were at the beginning of the season, but they I still I think they buy, but I like I like that bet too. Although Detroit has been a little bit troubling on the road. Uh yeah. They have won uh they did win last week against uh the Saints even though that game was ended up being very close. They um uh, you know so I think I think I think you're on the right side there. It's not, it's not what I would lean as my lock. I, I, would say, you know, I actually have my, my third lock of the week is uh, a game that's as, as the same point spread. And it also involves an NFC North team on the road. And this is the Minnesota Vikings at the Las Vegas Raiders. When I first looked at this, I thought the Raiders were going to be favored. And they're actually three point underdogs here. So I really like this bet. Uh, especially because Minnesota's quarterback situation seems to be a little bit in flux right now, whether it's gonna be Joshua Dobbs or somebody else um there. I think Justin Jefferson might come back this week, but I don't know how much that's gonna help if they don't if you can't find a quarterback to, to throw uh to him. And I like so I like the Raiders. Uh they're they're three point underdogs at home against a Vikings team that I think is a little bit um it's a little up in the air. Who's going to be the quarterback. And I think the Raiders are probably, they're coming up a box and they're a little bit better. I think than what people give them credit for, especially with uh Antonio Pierce kind of coming in as, as coach. So I like, I like the Raiders here with, especially with the three points. So I like the uh, Raiders to, to cover at home plus three. How about your third and final luck? My the final
0: pick is, again, um, betting against the New York Jets, I've <laughs> done many times this year. Uh, got, they're, they're also at noon on Sunday playing uh, Houston. Houston's a three-and-a-half point favorite in this one, which I think is close enough. Uh, so I'm taking Houston minus three-and-a-half.
1: Houston minus three to find a loss. I think that's a good bet. Uh, we don't even know. Who, we, I guess it's going to be Zach Wilson as the quarterback for the Jets, but he, he doesn't seem to really want to have the job, uh, at least according to recent rumors, anyway. And CJ Stroud has been playing pretty well. The, the defense for the Texans has been pretty good. So, you know, if if the offense can figure out the defense well enough to to get the lead, I think I think that could be a good. I think that could be a good bet. Um, the Jets do have a strong defense, but they have have had such a weak offense. They've been a little bit like the Patriots in a lot of ways, Um, not being able to hold teams down, but not being able to score really themselves. So um, unfortunately the jets don't have Bailey Zappi as their uh, backup quarterback uh, to come in and replace, I guess they had uh, Zach Wilson, who's maybe about as good as Bailey Zappi and about as good as Mac, Michael McCorkle jones it's hard, it's hard to tell those three apart sometimes i think but well we'll we'll, we'll see how that turns out i I think i think you have a good shot there are there any other other games that you're interested in in, in watching um next week
0: i think there, there seems like there are some pretty decent games i think the yeah the seattle san francisco game on sunday afternoon should be pretty good
1: the big spread but it's but yeah. i think the seattle showed that they could hang with uh, Dallas, so maybe they can hang with San Francisco as well.
0: And and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Jacksonville does now that Trevor Lawrence is likely to miss some time. Yes, uh, you know how they their backup is has some NFL experience, but
1: yeah, CJ hasn't been, had a lot of success though.
0: All that it didn't go all that well though. yeah. so uh, yeah, a lot of teams dealing with with injuries at, at the quarterback position specifically. And, and a lot of um AFC playoff teams are dealing with uh, quarterbacks injuries. so it's it's very strange, like to have this many injuries. And I know yeah. um you and I, like at the beginning of the season, we previewed uh, the quarterback situations at all the teams. I think we we looked at something like a hundred and ten rostered quarterbacks in the preseason. and I at the most recent count, I think fifty five of them have made
1: at least one pass attempt on the season so far. So. And I think a couple of teams that pl- players that weren't even rostered yet have, have made pass attempts. Uh, Joe Flacco was one, one of, those. of those.
0: I think it was just Flacco was the just only Flacco
1: of, 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 the, well,
0: of actual quarterbacks.
1: Wentz hasn't um, made a pass, I guess, hasn't made a, um, a, a pass yet as Stafford's backup. I, but one of his other games that involves um, sort of backup quarterbacks of AFC playoff contenders is the, uh indianapolis cincinnati game i think is an interesting one where we have gardner Minshew against jake browning and browning had a wonderful game last week against uh jacksonville is that just a is that just a flash in the pan or is he uh maybe salt, maybe a solid quarterback or the is or does it maybe this show if, if browning can be just as good as uh joe burrow does that just mean joe burrow's a system assist- uh quarterback in, in Cincinnati because he just has he has all world receivers to throw to and it seems like maybe maybe anybody can uh, thrive if they're throwing to uh Jamar Chase and uh T Higgins. You know, it's it turned out that you know some of the weapons in for LSU like Clyde Edwards Alaire was not uh you know a can't miss NFL prospect. He's just maybe just another guy. So maybe uh I don't know. I, I think I think it's I'm a little early calling uh Joe Burrow uh but it's it's uh I, I I tend to I don't really care for Joe Burrow, so maybe that that's why I'm I'm uh, uh I I don't I don't care for his demeanor and his yes. Kevin, McAllister, Kevin McAllister looks, so I <laughs> but I think if Brennan could be successful that's that's a you know that's that's an interesting problem for uh, Cincinnati uh, to have.
0: And one question for you too about the um, the dueling Monday night games. Do you like that having two Monday night games at the same time slot? Is that or does that seem unnecessary?
1: No, I don't like that at all. I, I I would if I could do it, I would have as many different time slots as possible for games. So you could essentially, if you really wanted to, you could watch every NFL game. That's yeah. that would be my ideal because I would watch them. So they should have Thursday. They should have a, a early Thursday night, late Thursday night, early Friday night, late Friday night. Especially now, because there's no more high school football, so they should be having Friday night games. That's yeah. what they, they, the it's idea was. Well, we don't want to interfere with high school football because that's uh, America. Uh, you know, as Americans have a pie, so we don't want the NFL games there. But now, you know, high schools are all done. You know, now we're playing on Saturdays because colleges are done. So why not play on Fridays too? And so you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So they could have, um, you know, f- five days a week basically that could have football games. And if you have two, you know, so to get like uh,
0: 13 or 14, like distinct time slots out of that.
1: Yeah. You you could at least have two um, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, you could have two for sure. Yeah. Uh, So that's six. And then um, Saturday, Sunday, you could have at least three uh, maybe
0: a fourth. If you're really, if you want an early morning
1: game to start, yeah. you know, you got
0: overlap o'clock, 10 o'clock or something. And yeah. 10 o'clock,
1: done. one o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock. Yeah. And then even 10 o'clock, you could have, you could have five slots. You could have, you could have, um, you could actually, you could, you could have five slots on Sunday uh and yeah. Saturday. So you could have, especially if it's a, if it's a late uh, coastal game, you could have every game being played because it's that it would be sixteen. Uh, two, 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 two Thursday, two Friday, uh, two Monday. Yes. So that's six, and then five Saturday, Sunday, five each Saturday, Sunday. That would be sixteen. And, so uh, every yeah. team could play in its in own a
0: unique time slot.
1: So that's what I would do if I were the NFL, but I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, can you come up with sixteen different networks that would host, or would you have like the same? Well, I think that the same yeah, network hosts
1: yeah. all because that's what brings in the the ratings. So, like you know, you already have uh, CBS and Fox and NBC and ESPN and uh, the NFL network. So that's five networks that already host the games. I think they could they could divide those among themselves. I think and
0: when Amazon you know, gets in Amazon business. too,
1: so you get the in Amazon game. So yeah. I think Amazon would would love to have a doubleheader on
0: yeah
1: Thursday get
0: like a Univision or. A... You know, like two more at least. And then each each network could have two games that they host.
1: Yeah, TNT. Right. I guess maybe would want like some cable yeah. network. But yeah, um, Netflix. Who knows? We really
0: have. should do something like Univision, though, for one of them to have like a Spanish language broadcast game only.
1: Only so like in Spanish. So like yeah. you'd
0: have to watch it in Spanish. I think they should do it. <laughs> Why not? It's more. It's more of an outreach
1: kind of thing that way too. Well, we have. Some most...
0: Americans might learn a little Spanish. too.
1: Yeah. Well, they like the na- or the, or would you have a mandatory Nickelodeon slime game? Would that be
0: fine? That's what they want to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we were coming up with lots of great ideas here uh, tonight. Do we have uh, any other great ideas before we before we sign off?
0: Um, I've reached my quota of great ideas for the day.
1: Well, I think our sixteen. I think our sixteen time slots in in a week. Is is something that the NFL should definitely check out, especially later in the season, if they want every game, uh, really to shine on its own. Which I
0: think it could. And if they go to that, we have it on video now. Here, this we'll we'll submit this back to league, saying like we obviously came up with this idea. This is our
1: intellectual property. We should be uh, (laughs) handsomely rewarded for our uh, thoughtfulness and our research. Yeah, for yeah,
0: it's our idea.
1: And then they could have the uh Sunday Monday happy days kind of song uh yeah. Thursday you know they could just skip Tuesday, Wednesday and yeah. uh you know
0: Tuesday, Wednesday, other days no. Tuesday,
1: Wednesday Tuesday uh, days. mild you know uh <laughs> you know some sort of day looking forward to the Lunder games days but are. yeah, that would be and then they they could then they could shuffle it so like the teams that played on Thursday would play you know the following friday, friday back
0: one day move
1: it up a day or so or yeah. you can figure it out it would it would be so, so it wouldn't be too um disadvantageous uh for for teams you wouldn't have a a team play on on uh monday night and then have to play again on thursday night or or, yeah. or friday night you can have those two at least till saturday or sunday so um but these are great ideas. These are the type of great ideas we always have here on the one Direct Power Hour. And if you watch this, you're one of the uh, select few who has really gotten on the ground floor and has seen how great uh, this uh, program can be. So we appreciate your viewership, your listenership, and we hope that your teams uh, do very, very well, even if they aren't singled out as uh, the lone game of uh, their own time slot. But uh, the chiefs will play uh in on the national on the national uh time slot for cbs at least uh it'll be it'll be their big national game with jim nance and uh tony romo so uh most of the people most uh, of the na- of the nation will be tuned in uh to that game probably Although, i guess san francisco and uh, seattle is a pretty big game that people might be watching as well so um in in the late in the afternoon session but we have lots of great uh games in store. Uh next week we have uh, the NFL season is is really um heating up and we'll, we'll see what the playoff situation is uh you know next week again on the Morning Trip Power Hour and we'll see if the Chiefs can maybe uh get closer to that uh all very important uh number 1 seed that they've 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 been uh, really wanting to have and have had uh, quite a bit over the over the past several years so um that's what we have to look forward to we do have i guess our regret is that our show couldn't last longer but uh such is life we have to end it now and as always i am dr michael werman esq he is dr Andrew Scaff, phd we are the one track power hour please like and or subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcasts uh, on a variety of different uh, services. So uh, you can always, you can find us uh, in, in, in many, many places on the world interweb. So until then, next week, until then, we wish you a good day.